proclaiming the soon return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, preparing a people for the kingdom of heaven, preserving a posterity for the glory of God. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Kia David podcast. It's being brought to you by the Watchman of the Wall Ministries. I'm your host, Charles, and I want to give God glory. Give him glory for another opportunity for me to represent him. I always want to represent the Father well. It is my desire when I get on this podcast to make sure that it's not my words that you hear more than it is his words. It's not my opinion. It is not my thoughts, but it is God's thoughts, God's word, God's voice. Because today, more than anything else that we need in this world, more than the next breath in our body or the next beat of our heart, we need the breath of God on our lives. We need God spoken to us. We need that fresh anointed word to give us life. Peter said it this way to the Lord Jesus. He said, where should we go? Where could we go? Where would we go? You Lord Jesus had the words of life. Amen. And I feel the same way as Peter did this morning. Listener, and I hope you do as well. Where would we go except to the Lord, to his word, to his spirit? He has the words of life. And I'm talking about the very life that sustains us. The Bible says that in him, everything was created and everything is bound together and held together. By the word of God. That means the very essence of who Jesus is. What he was, who he was, keeps the fabric of the universe together. It's like the glue that holds every atom in place. And had it not been for the Lord Jesus, everything would fly apart and cease to exist. So, listener, I hope you understand that more than anything in this world, you need the breath of God. You need the word of God alive and well in your life so that you can have that staying power, that very power that holds the fabric of the universe together. I need it in my life. You need it in your life. We need it so that we'll hold our lives together and keep us from falling apart. So with that word, I want to welcome you to the podcast Thank you for downloading this, for streaming this podcast, for listening in. I know it's been a couple of weeks, and I am so sorry that we missed last week. Again, events of life got in the way, but we are back to today. We are back this week with a fresh word from God. We believe that the Lord wants to speak to your heart and give you words to live by. Words to edify your spirit, words to give you something that you can build your life upon, that you can use to get a little closer to heaven and make the journey a little bit better than it was before. While I'm welcoming you, listener, I want to welcome to the podcast my brother, my friend, the minister who helps me with this podcast, Scott. Scott, say hello to everyone. Hello to everyone. It's good to be back with you again. All that are listening and streaming, downloading these things, it's our prayer that it's a blessing, that it's strength, that it's encouragement, that it is life. This podcast through the Holy Spirit, this podcast is life for you, strengthening you and encouraging you. Charles, I just consider us God's little cheerleaders. If we can look at it that way, cheerleading people on 
and a rough day and a rough time. But just like you said, if we'll grab his word and pick up his word, it's life. It's, it's right now life. It's the breath and the wind that your body needs to survive. Yes. That's what we're going to hear because I believe God's going to speak this today on this podcast to everyone and us. And I can't wait. I miss it when we don't get to do these. It's, it's like a little piece of heaven for me. So I'm glad to be back. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well, and I, I echo exactly what you said. I'm glad to be back. I feel like I'm running on empty when we don't get to do these things every week. Um, I know that we should daily get into God's presence and daily feast from God's table that he prepares for us, even in the midst of our enemies, as the word of God says. But there's something about these podcasts, Scott, that give me that extra boost, that gives me that extra pep in my spiritual step. And so it does me good to get back on here and do this with you because I love to hear what the Lord, the Father in heaven wants to say to his people. Just like we've said before, when we're delivering it to the people, we're usually getting it for ourselves the very first time as well. So it, it does us just as well, if not more sometimes than it does the people who are listening. So I am so glad to be here, and I cannot wait to hear what God has to say today. Scott, before we came on the air, I had been searching and getting prepared for this podcast, and the Lord laid this scripture on my heart, talking about hearing from God, talking about his voice. There's a scripture that comes out of Second Peter, and it's chapter 1. Now, we're talking about Peter, a disciple of Jesus Christ who walked with the Lord, For three and a half years, and he saw miracles and signs and wonders from the hands of the Lord Jesus himself. And he had an instance in his life, Scott, where he walked up on the mountain with the Lord Jesus and experienced something powerful. Jesus was transfigured before him and was visited by Moses and Elijah regarding his ministry and regarding the plan that God had for his life. And in the midst of it, Peter became so excited, he didn't know what to do with himself. So he said, should we build a tabernacle or a a remembrance, an altar for you guys? And there was a voice came from heaven. And that voice spoke to the men that were with Jesus. And it it touched Peter in such a way that he, I'm sure that if I heard a voice from heaven like Peter did, Scott, it would forever change me. Hmm. what after the day of Pentecost Peter realized something it wasn't the voice from heaven that he needed so much and I feel the spirit of the Lord already on (laughs) that everybody would love to get a booming voice from heaven like Moses did that they would love to hear the voice from heaven like the people of Israel did in the in the wilderness But you know what? There was something more powerful than the voice from heaven, and that's the voice of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. First Peter chapter one, verses 18 and 19 declare, and this voice which came from heaven, we heard. He's He's referring to the experience he had on the Mount of Transfiguration. And he said, and this voice came from heaven, we heard. And when we were with him on the holy mount, but we have also a more sure word of prophecy. He said, even more important to this, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed 
as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. He was saying more important than the word we heard from heaven that day was having the Holy Spirit and the word of God living inside that sure, more sure word of prophecy, he called it. And uh, it, it, it goes right with the subject that we have to talk today about. And that's the word of prophecy or the gift of prophecy. And even Peter knew that more important than a booming voice from heaven was that sure word of prophecy living in his heart. And I want to encourage listeners. That's exactly what we are going to promote today is although we'd be thrilled to hear a booming voice from heaven, more important than that is that sure word of prophecy dwelling in your heart. And Scott, we were talking prior to the podcast about how the disciples were sad when it came time for Jesus to ascend into heaven and to leave them. They were heartbroken because they had the Lord himself dwelling with them for three and a half years. They had spent time with him, ate with him, slept with him. You know, they had spent so much intimate time with him that he become, you know, not only their master and Lord, but a, a, a great friend and they were going to miss him. But Jesus said, it's more important for you than my physical presence on this earth is for me to go away so that the Holy Spirit's presence can dwell in your heart. And I know at that time, Scott, they didn't understand what he meant. But after the day of Pentecost, when the Holy One of God, the the presence of the Holy Spirit moved into their hearts, then the light switch came on and they realized that more important than Jesus physically dwelling with them was his presence dwelling in them. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want the listeners to understand is more important then you carrying a physical Bible under your arm is the word that you possess in your soul and in your heart. And it, it's so much more to dwell in the presence of God than to just simply go to church, take up a space in a pew, put your money in the offering plate, read some scriptures. It's to make sure that you have the presence of the Holy Spirit living and abiding in your heart that's what's going to sustain you in these last days it won't be the number of scriptures you've memorized it won't be how many times you went to vacation bible school when you were a kid or church when you were older it will be the presence of the holy spirit that lives inside your heart that will give you the strength to give you the power give you the ability to stand in the evil day you've heard that from scott you've heard that from me we're going to keep promoting it mm-hmm. it to be true and i want to pray this morning that you get a new desire a new fire a new zeal in your heart to dwell in the secret place of the most high to abide under his shadow to become intimate with the holy spirit Scott, before we get started into this podcast, would you pray for us? Pray that the Lord will give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and heart to receive what he would have to say today. And also (laughs) that we get a renewed desire and a hunger and thirst for that intimate relationship with the Holy Ghost. Amen. We will certainly pray. We're going to pray for this podcast, and I've still got a list of people. And if you would like to be on that list, uh, have your name called out and, and us praying for you. 
then by all means, write into this ministry. Uh, Charles will give those ways and means at the end of this podcast that you can write in. We've been, praise God, we've been seeing some good results. We've been seeing some answered prayer, Charles, yeah. off yeah. this prayer list. Uh, people that are getting cancer free. And this is glory to God now. People that have been getting cancer free, people that have been getting prayers answered off this little list. And we just give God the glory because he's the one that's, that's doing it. So we're going to pray for these people. But you that are listening to this podcast, I've got a little direction for you this morning. You've heard what Charles just said. You know, Charles, we were born to be a receptacle. That's yep. what we've not figured out yet and what we still wrestle with. What do you mean, Scott? We were born to be a receptacle, a vessel. The Bible calls us vessels. Vessels are a container that is used to have something filled in it and carrying it around. Every human being born on the face of this planet, whether you believe it, realize it, is born to be a receptacle to something. Charles, that's why when we're wrestling, we're, we're empty inside. Suicide is on the rise. Depression is on the rise. Fear is on the rise. And we've looked for so many ways and means through drugs, alcohol, sex, anything that we could find to fill our soul with yep. it to ease our troubled mind because we were born to be a receptacle. So I want you to pray this morning. First of all, I, I want the Holy Spirit to shine a light on us. You too, that realize that truth. You were born to be filled with something. Amen. I want you to stop right there. You're born to be filled with something. And just like a triune God, Charles, that we try and try our best to explain father son and holy spirit collectively together make the triune god a human being is born to be filled with something and if you're walking around empty fearful worried depressed angry all these things that's because you're missing the feeling what good's a twinkie without the white center in the middle help me somebody and that's what we're we're going to pray this morning <laughs> i know i know that might sound funny but listen to me I'm telling you right now, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's mm. the thing Charles was saying this morning is, you know, I enjoyed, Peter said, I enjoyed hearing that booming voice, but it was on the outside. Now we've right. got a more sure word. Now we've got a more better presence because I'm filled from that day in the upper room in the day of Pentecost when it came in like a rushing mighty wind and it went inside me. You know, and it's the same thing Jesus was saying to his disciples. We said this earlier when, when we were talking off mic. You know, it's Jesus was basically saying when he was getting ready to go, you need this. You need the Holy Spirit because it's better for me to be in there than out here. I want yes, you to get a hold of that. We are going to pray this morning. You are going to pray this morning. Pray with me that we be the receptacle that Jesus wants us to be, that we be filled with his spirit like he wants us to be, like he died for us to have. That's what we're going to pray. Let me call out these names right quick again because we're still praying for folks. We're praying for Jeremiah. I'm going to go through this a little fast, but we're going to pray for Jeremiah. We're still praying for you. We're praying for David and his wife who is getting better reports but still uh, going into the uh, cancer treatments. We're still praying for them. Amanda, we're praying for David and his finances. We're praying for uh, Hunter. We're praying for Ben. We're praying for Rachel and Madison. We're praying. This is Amanda number two. I'm going to call you Amanda number two because we got two on here. We're still praying for her. We're still praying for Trey. <laughs> and we're still praying for uh, all the people that's suffering still. 
through this COVID pandemic. We're praying for you. And this morning, you that are listening, pray that you be that receptacle. Pray that you have that feeling. And, and Charles, can, can we just bust up some stigmas for a second? Don't, don't wait for a tinkling sound or, or a big booming parade when you get filled. Charles, it, it doesn't always happen the same way for True. every person. It's, a, it's an infilling. You'll know that you've been infilled. You'll know that there's an indwelling because there'll be a change and there'll be a voice. You'll know. Amen. But let Amen. God lead and guide you to being filled the way he wants you to be. There's your prayer. There's your prayer. And he will let you know. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you for this podcast. We thank you that you have given us the ability, the health, the strength to do this podcast this morning. Lord, we give this podcast to you. Ask that the indwelling, moving presence that created the worlds and formed the earth and hung the stars in the space of blackness, that same presence that Genesis said, when you spoke, he moved. We're praying for that this morning. We're not, we're not afraid. We know we need him. We need him like the oxygen that's in the air. And we pray for that this morning. We pray that he move, that he go through Charles and anoint his words. Give him the word to say and speak to every one of us this morning. Lord, we pray that your presence, everything will be all right when your presence is there. Everything will be okay. Everything will work out. Fear goes away. Uh, worry goes away. Suicide goes away. The blackness of depression goes away. The worry of everything that's going on in the world dissipates when your presence is here. When your presence is here, strength and joy and peace and worry-free mind is here. And We pray for that, God. We need to hear your word. We need yes. to hear your voice. We yes. need to be filled with your presence. God, we're a bunch of empty Twinkies, if you will, walking around. But I'd like to be filled once again. And I Amen. pray for the people that are on the other side of this podcast. Some have never felt the presence or the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Some don't know what I'm talking about, but God, I pray that they partake. I pray that you give them a slice of that Holy Ghost pie today that listen to this podcast. I pray you touch them and they will never be the same. I pray that a well of living water flow from this recording and touch yeah. the people like they've never been touched this morning. And yeah. God, we will lift a hand, we will raise our voice, and we will glorify you because you're still on the throne. You are still worthy. You are still wonderful and beautiful. Your train still fills the temple. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Demon or, or president or whoever he may be will bow and confess. You are King of kings and Lord of lords. And we give you the praise this morning. We give you the thanks and the glory. It's all due to you. Touch these people on this list that we call out. We know you will. And we give you the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. And amen. 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 Good prayer. Well, buckle up, listener. I think that you, <laughs> if you couldn't tell, it's not on, on, you can tell it's been a couple of weeks for us. And you can also <laughs> tell that God is excited as well about speaking to his people. I so thank God above that he wants to speak to us. He desires to dwell with us. He, he wants to be intimate with us, to share things with us. 
The word declares that his eyes go to and fro, seeking someone he can show himself strong to. So when he has people that are listening, people that are hungry to hear his word, people that are hungry to give his word, we get excited. He gets excited. Today, this podcast has already been meaty. It's already been full of the goodness of God. And I could say I've been satisfied already to be in his presence, but God has more. He has more to offer today. and He has more to give you that you can build your life on. Scott, we've been in a series now regarding the person and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. This will be the 13th episode of this series and actually the sixth episode dwelling on the gift of the Spirit. And today we've already alluded to it, but just to let you know, today we're going to be talking about the gift of prophecy and how much we need that gift in operation in our lives. This is one that I've been looking forward to, Scott, because out of these gifts that are listed in these in the verses we're about to read, prophecy is one that Paul really stressed. A matter of fact, a couple of chapters later, he goes into the gift of prophecy again and says how important it is for this gift to be in operation in our lives. I don't know, Scott, if you're prepared, I forgot to ask you to be prepared, but if you I'm are, I'm ready. I'm ready. Could you read the first 11 verses of first Corinthians chapter 12 for us. Yes, sir. First Corinthians chapter 12, starting verse one. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away into these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Now, there are diversities of gifts but the same spirit and there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord and there are (laughs) diversities of operations, but it is the same God, which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all for to one is given by the spirit, the word of wisdom to another, the word of knowledge by the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another, the gifts of healing by the same spirit to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Amen, amen. Just a refresher. I know we've read these scriptures more than once, but I wanted to to remind the people what we're talking about, especially since it's been a couple of weeks since we've been on this subject, just a little bit of review. Paul is writing to the church in Corinthians in Corinth about the gifts of the spirit that should be in operation, not only in the body of believers, but in an individual individual's life as well. And he goes about listing these in a specific order. He starts with the word of wisdom, which is expounding the written word of God, understanding the written word of God. That's the foundation on which our lives are built, listener. That's where you should start 
is with the written word of God, the Bible, making sure that you have placed in your spirit and in your mind the written word of God and then asking the Holy Spirit during your devotional time to expound that word and give you the understanding of it. Because after you begin to work in the gift of the word of wisdom, then the next gift comes into operation, which is the word of knowledge, which is expounding on the spoken word of God. God still speaks today. Yes. And if you, if you have the foundation of the written word of God in your heart, then you will begin to hear the spirit of the Lord, the Holy Ghost speak to you on an individual basis, give you understanding about what he's doing in your life. He will even let you know about other people's lives to give you an, uh, the opportunity to be a witness and to help other people, to edify other people and to pray for other people. Once you have the word of wisdom and knowledge in your life, then the result will be faith, a great faith that goes beyond just the measure of faith that's given to everyone. If you want your faith to be increased, the Bible states that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you have the written word of God in your heart, if you have the knowledge, the word of knowledge or the spoken word of God operating in your prayer life, then you're going to have faith beyond the measure of faith that it's given to everyone. You're going to have great faith. And by those great faiths, you're going to operate in the gifts of healing and miracles. You're going to see God manifest himself in your life. You're going to have your own healing. You're going to see your own miracles. You're going to be witness to healing and miracles. When these gifts are in operation in a body of believers, we see these things happen even today. If you will recall in the last podcast, we spoke about healing and miracles and Scott and myself gave testimonies of the very healing and miracles that we have been a witness to in our own lives, not just what we've read about in the Bible, but what we've witnessed with our own eyes in our own lives. And you listener can have that in your life as well. If you dare to believe and have that faith in your heart that you need to see God working. Now that we have covered those gifts, then comes the prophecy part. This is found in verse 10. Verse 10 of chapter 12 in 1 Corinthians talks about the gift of prophecy. Now, Scott, when the, when, when when someone mentions the word prophecy, I don't know about you, but a lot of things come to mind. Uh, when you hear a certain word, automatically ideas come in your head, viewpoints come in your head, opinions come in your head. You recall what you've seen through other ministers on television and in radio and podcasts. You may recall books that you saw that have the word prophecy on the cover. There are a lot of things, Scott, that come to mind when someone hears the word prophecy. I can only imagine what the listener is now listening to us is thinking. They're going to talk about eschatology. They're going to talk about end times. They're going to talk about the book of Revelation. They're going to talk about future events. And that can be a, what the word prophecy means. Prophecy does have everything to do with the end times. Prophecy does have everything to do with what's going to happen in the future. But the word of God declares that 
the gospel, the message of the gospel is the spirit of prophecy. So when you hear the word prophecy, I don't want the listener to only think about end times. I don't want the listener to only think about the book of Revelation or the major prophets in the Old Testament and what they've said about what will happen in the future, Scott. That can be prophecy, but that's not what Paul was stressing in this scripture. Another thing that a lot of listeners, especially the ones who may have been uh, brought up in a Pentecostal belief, God, or a Pentecostal church, when they hear the word of prophecy, they recall someone speaking in tongues during a church service and then someone else or maybe the same person interpreting that and they call that the spirit of prophecy or the gift of prophecy and again scott that is a prophetic word being given in tongues if you've experienced that listener you know that to be real you know that to be true but again i have to stress that that will be discussed in a future podcast because there is a diverse kinds of tongues and interpretation of tongues listed in these lists of gifts that paul had but prophecy is listed separately. So again, Scott, this is not the gift that Paul was stressing. It's not in, ter- you know, speaking in tongues in church is what, God, this is not what Paul is talking about when he mentions the gift of prophecy. And I know another thing that other people may be thinking about Scott, when they hear the word prophecy is they may have experienced this in their own life. When someone says, thus saith the Lord, and they begin to tell them something that they believe God spoke to them regarding their life, it can happen in a corporate setting. I've even had it happen in a personal setting, Scott, where someone says that the Lord told them to tell me something specifically. And this definitely is a prophetic gift that should be in operation in our lives that we really, really need in today's time and in today's church but scott i believe there is a specific thing that paul was alluding to and talking about when he mentions the gift of prophecy in these scriptures that i want us to talk about today scott when you hear the word prophecy did any of the things that i mentioned come to your mind did any of the preconceived notions that you had when you were young and you were brought up in a young Christian setting and you heard the word prophecy, do you believe any of our listeners may have also had preconceived notions like we did? Did you ever experience this? Oh yes, absolutely. When we first started discussing this, this topic and getting prepared for it, uh, that was exactly, you laid it out. That's some of the first things that came to my mind because they're, and especially the part where you were talking about, you know, Today, we've got a lot of two guys on a podcast, <laughs> two guys on a podcast reading Revelation and talking about future events. And uh, some of them think they've quite got it nailed down, too. And and you think about those very things you just lined out. And I was I'm guilty. I'm bad for thinking of those things first when there's so much more to this gift of prophecy and what Paul is trying to explain here. So I was a victim till this podcast lined me out. <laughs> so. I'm going to let you explain what you got, but it's, it's, there's so much more to this, especially if you study it, especially if you get into the deep meanings, go through your strongs and do the studies. There's a lot more to this and I'm going to step back and let you explain it. 
Well, thank you for the bridge builder there about Strong's. I hope that when the listener has decided to study the word of God, maybe they've been following along with our podcast for a while, Scott, and they've heard us say over and over how important it is to study the word of God, to devour the word, to really meditate on God's word. And in the course, I remember when I was young, Scott, in the course of studying the word of God, I began to to read commentaries and other books that would help me study the word of God. And one of them was the Strong's Concordance. Now, the wonderful thing about the Strong's Concordance is, is that when I began to use the Strong's Concordance, Scott, I went out and bought a book and it was called the Strong's (laughs) Exhaustive exhaustive concordance and it was aptly named because it was such a big book that by the time you carried it where you wanted to go you were exhausted (laughs) (laughs) i couldn't believe how big it was but it had every word in the bible and i do mean every word even the these and the thous and the thuses but it had every word in the bible and the meaning in the original tongue now i hope that the listener has taken advantage of today's tools because you can pull up Strong's Concordance on your very computer or phone over the internet. You don't have to carry a hundred pound book around with you any longer. I still have that book, by the way, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the today we have such a plethora of tools to use. You can pull up on your computer or on your phone different versions of the Bible, different translations of the Bible. You can look up the original Greek and Hebrew texts that were used when the Bible was penned. And you can look up the word meaning of the words. And I did so regarding this scripture here, regarding this prophecy word that appears. Now, the word prophecy appears in the Bible several times. But not every time the word prophecy appears, Scott, is the same word used. Sometimes the word is used to describe the future events, just as I had said before, the foretelling of what was to come in the end times. But when you look up the word here, Scott, in this particular passage of Scripture in 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 10, the word prophecy there in the Strong's, was also a word that the original the original text stated, and I hope I say this correctly, but it's called prophetia, prophetia. And when I looked up that word, it broke it down into several meanings, but one I really wanted to focus on was it did say it meant to foretell, and I believe you have an interesting one that it means that I'm going to let you expound on. But as I began to study it, it came down to a meaning called the inspired word of mm-hmm. God, not just a future event or foretelling, but the inspired word of God, Scott. And I believe when you start breaking it down like that, you're getting into the true meaning of what Paul wanted the reader to understand about the gift of prophecy, Scott. I believe you looked up some original text too. What did you find out about this word that Paul used in this particular scripture here about prophecy? 
Well, just like you said, if in your deeper study, it breaks down the stigmas that you have already outlined that we want to gravitate to immediately because that profit, that word profit has a, a connotation today, if you will. It's got a thing around it and the way people are using it. And when I got to studying it through, through Strong's, I, I found it and, and try not to go too deep, but in the original tongues, nouns have a feminine connotation or a masculine connotation yeah. to it. Is it not yeah. odd to you? I don't know how far we want to go with this, but this word has a feminine connotation to it when it is spoken in the original tongue. <laughs> There's something to that, but uh, I'll go a little further. It says the gift of prophecy and the word has twin meanings. Now, Charles, I noticed this in my study that one, it, it broke it down into two things. One, it's called forth telling F O R T H forth telling, which is broke down giving what is in the mind of God right now, right now, uh, right now, swirling in God's mind. If you will, he's got a thought. He's got something about you on his mind, something about the world, something that's going on in the state affairs. And this gift allows you access to what is in his mind right now, right here, right, right now. And then the second one, was foretelling, F-O-R, foretelling, and that uh, constitutes telling of future events, eschatology and all that. And that shocked me, Charles, because I'd never looked at it that way. What did you find in your study? Well, you know, it, it bears it bears mentioning again that, well, like you said, when I looked up this word prophecy and it came out to prophetia, it was a feminine-derived word meaning that it, it was it was meant to be looked at as a feminine word. And I thought that really poignant because mm -hmm. we have said this before, the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. is like the feminine part of God. I don't want to offend anybody. I do believe God to be of the masculine gender. It says throughout all of scripture that he calls him a he. And even calls the Holy Spirit a he in the Trinity. But if there is a feminine side to God, it would be the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And that is why God, the father and the son take it so personal when you blaspheme the Holy Spirit. Jesus said of all the sins that you can commit, everyone can be forgiven except blaspheming the Holy Spirit because God the Father and God the Son are very protective of yes. the feminine part of God. They're, it's the sensitive part of God. Let's say it this way. You do not want to hurt God's feelings. And we hurt God's feelings or we grieve the Holy Spirit when we do not allow him to have access to our lives or to dwell in his presence, or to seek an intimate relationship with God. I'm here to tell you right now, listener, if you begin a journey of seeking an intimate relationship with God, you're going to discover that's all about knowing the Holy Spirit. Yes. And feeling the touch of the Holy Spirit as a feminine touch. It is almost intimate as if you were married to God and God was showing you his vulnerability. And I know that not to be a good word to use regarding God, 
but it's almost as if God were becoming vulnerable to you yes, and yes. you're getting close to his heart and it's all about his heart. So when it uses the word prophecy here, Scott, and it refers to the feminine, it's all about the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, all yep. the gifts are about the Holy Spirit, but the word prophecy, I loved what you said, a foretelling, a fresh what is on God's mind word for then and there at that moment. Scott, when we started this podcast, I felt the presence of God. I felt the Holy Spirit eager to speak because he wanted us to get to this subject. And right now we're about to get into the main thrust of what this podcast is all about. The gift of prophecy is so needed today, listener. It's yes. so missing in God's house today. One of the main reasons why Scott and I tell you that the, the church, the mainstream church has failed or the problem with the church today or why the believers are not getting fed today is because of the missing of this particular gift. The gift mm -hmm. of prophecy, a right now, fresh off the griddle, spoken from the mind of God in the present time word has been missing from the house of God so long and we've suffered for it. Now, Scott, you've been to churches where you've went in and the minister or the preacher or the pastor has got up and they begin a sermon and it's it's the, the word sermon is a prime correct way to describe it it's not a fresh word it's not an on fire word it's just a sermon as if he cracked open a book and we're reading words off a page and there was no <laughs> life to it there was no there was no energy to it it was as if you were being dictated a speech that had been written down hundreds of years later and, or uh, hundreds of years ago, and it has no life and no no energy in it. And Scott, I've sat under ministers that all they would do is give sermons that were almost ancient, and you felt mm -hmm. like, well, how many times, minister? How many times, preacher? How many times, pastor? Have you pulled this out of your notebook yes. and preached the same message over and over and over? And Scott, I wonder. Do ministers do this because they think God has nothing new to say? Do ministers re reuse? Do they revamp? Do they re do, do they go back and reuse a sermon because they think God has nothing new to say? Or is it because they just did not take the time to get that fresh, right now inspired word from God straight from the Holy Spirit? Have you had instances in your own life, Scott, where you have been witness to this, where you went to a church service and the minister gets up and delivers a word and you leave the same way you came because there's no life, there's no energy, there's no power. And, by, and Scott, the word warns us that this would happen, that in the last days there'd be dry sermons they'd be dried words there'd be no fresh anointing yep and god i believe we're living in that day and age now can you testify of this yourself oh how many times i have caught this happening charles and, and i don't i don't relish and enjoy the, this problem we're speaking of but how many times 
I, I've caught, you know, you said the word sermon. <laughs> how, how many times I've caught ministers going on sermonindex.com and pulling a word that somebody preached 150 years ago and putting it together in Microsoft Word and thinking they've got a pretty little speech and they work on it all week while they're binge watching their Netflix episodes and not praying anymore, not doing anything to seek the mind of God for the right now word he has and get ready for Sunday and get up there and give that discourse like it's a small town sheriff talking about a small town murder with a small town speech he put together. And Charles, yeah. we, we've lost the fact that this is near and dear. You, you triggered me. So it's your fault. This we've lost the fact that. Look at Moses, an 80-year-old man. We've spoke about this before. An 80-year-old man who would climb that 2,000-foot mountain called Mount Sinai in there with it rumbling and quaking and groaning and trumpets sounding loud. He'd climb up that mountain all on his own, and he would go up there, and he would spend time with the presence of the Father because we've lost the fact that God is a right-now God with a right-now word, thinking right-now thoughts, and wanting to say right now things about what's going on in your life and in this world, he would make the time to climb that mountain, go get that word, and then come back down and give it fresh and anointed and full of power. But because we've got ministers today who are constricted with the denominational glasses who say that God will only do it this way and no other way because it's a creed hanging on the side of the wall that we've lost that art, and now we're given dead, unanointed, useless words that's not feeding anybody and we go to church with a problem and we leave with the same problem yeah. on our back and god is yeah. tired of that charles i think he's wanting to use this podcast to grow a people to grow a remnant that will make the sacrifice that will take the time that will make carry that uh, burden to go up the mountain figuratively and get that word and bring it to the people this is part of prophecy would you agree with that Absolutely. I believe this is the main thrust of what Paul was saying when he said, you need the gift of prophecy in your life. Scott, I, I don't want the listeners to misunderstand. There's nothing wrong with studying the word of God and taking out the concord concordance like we did when we were looking up this word. Yes. There's nothing wrong with a minister taking the time to study the original text of the word so that he can deliver to his congregation, the exact meaning of the words that were used in the written word of God. But Scott, there is a scripture in the Bible that states that the letter killeth, mm. but the spirit giveth life. Now, mm -hmm. uh, I believe that one of the main reasons why this gift of prophecy has ceased to, operate in a, in a believer's life and especially in the corporate body of of the church is because people have this ideal that when you hear about getting a fresh word from god they get this picture of people that go off on tangents and start cults and say i got a fresh yeah. word from god and it contradicts the written word of god we're not talking about getting a new revelation the bible declares that that the sign and the word have already been given. That means that what God has written is forever sealed as our foundational truth. And there is not going to be another book added to the Bible. There's not going to be another chapter added to revelation. This is the sealed word of God. What we're talking about 
is the breath of God that brings life to the written word. Yes. Something that goes beyond a dead sermon that you hear from your pastor is when God anoints the written word and it comes alive in your life as if it were freshly pinned from the prophet of God 2000 years ago. Scott, that can happen. I've had moments in my life where I've opened up the scripture and I'm reading words that have been written almost 6,000 years ago in the Old Testament, but the spirit of the Lord breathes on it, breathes Mm -hmm. on me, and it comes to life as if it's been written the very first time and it brings life to my spirit. Scott, the very life of the word of God is what we're missing today. The very breath of God breathed on his word again. And when we're telling people you can live with the gift of prophecy in your life, not only should the main corporate body of, of believers be operating in this, not only should the pastor be getting up and delivering the word of God with fresh anointing, but a listener, a believer can go into their own prayer closet and get the breath of God breathed on them and get fresh anointed life breathed inside of them. And this gift of prophecy, bring the word of God to life in their own lives. And Scott, there's nothing more powerful. Can we use this right here, Charles? I I apologize for uh, interrupting you, but can't let me, let me give this example and you help me with this, please. Maybe we can get the people to understand because I like where you're going here. But Jesus, when he when he went into the temple and he pulled up that passage, that prophetic passage, and he spoke it today, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Yes. He he began to get uh 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 how could you say it? He began to get a thing people started ascribing him to. Wow, this guy, he's not like the scribes talking about Jesus. He's not like the scribes who just sit down with a scroll and read it out loud and and tell it loud. He speaks with one with authority, with power. The difference between Jesus and the scribes is the scribes are just reading words off a page. It didn't necessarily mean it was meant for now or needed for now. They would just read but Jesus with the Holy (laughs) Spirit, anointed by the breath of God, brought the right now word that's needed in the word for the people. Uh, For instance, for instance, say I'm a preacher over a congregation and in that congregation, I'm I'm just saying hypothetical. Let's say we've got a problem with a sexual demon in this church. We've got a sexual demon running rampant in this church and there's a problem there and it needs to be addressed. And in the sealed, forever settled word of God are the scriptures that can deal with that And I get up because I've not sought God, because I've not climbed up the mountain, because I'm not plugged in with the Holy Spirit. I want to preach some messages about tithing to a congregation bound by a sexual demon. And that's what's going on today. But somebody who will climb the mountain of God, so to speak, get on your knees and get in prayer, will then go to God who's got a right now word in his forever sealed scriptures to speak today that will be full of breath and authority. I, I hope I'm explaining this. Can you can you help me with this? I'm, I'm going to do my best, but I, Scott, I've been witness to it. I've been witness to going to in a church, and I felt a bind in the church. I felt something obstructing the power of God from moving. 
and the pastor or the preacher that gets up to minister the word does not or has not, like you said, climbed the mountain, has not paid the price to hear God's voice, has not taken the time like Moses did to go up to the mountain and get a fresh word from God, breathed on him by the breath of God, the very power of God living on him, said that when Moses came down, he had so much breath of God breathed on him during his conversation with God on the mountaintop that his very skin shone, that his very yeah. face shone. They had to cover his face with a veil because they couldn't look at him. How many times, mm. listener, have you went to church and not been able to look at your pastor because he's been in the presence of God? Yeah. How many times, listener, have you went to a to a, a revival, a so-called revival, and had to put a veil over the man's face because he's <laughs> been spending time with God? Yes. I dare say you've never had a service where you couldn't look at him or you couldn't look at the pastor or the preacher. But I'm telling you right now. There is a gift of prophecy, and this is what Paul was talking about, where if you pay the price, you take a journey into the mountaintop. And I'm talking figuratively. Now, I, I've climbed the mountain in physical to go seek God. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's not a formula, people. You don't climb a mountaintop to get closer to God. You go into God's secret chamber in your heart. <laughs> in your prayer closet and you begin to climb the mountain with God and you begin to spend time with God, you begin to destroy the works of Satan in your life. You begin mm. to, you begin to start and, and, and this works listener, take my word for it. You begin to push the plate back. You begin to sacrifice meals. You begin to sacrifice time you begin to sacrifice your resources, your freedom to do what you want to do. You say, I'm not going to do what I want to do today. I'm going to spend it in my prayer closet, seeking God's face. You're going to get into the presence of God. And that same breath that breathed on God is going to begin to breathe on you, that breathed on Moses. That same breath of God that Jesus spoke with is going to begin to permeate in your life. You're going to start seeing the fresh word of God in your own life. The power that comes from a fresh breathed word of God. It's not going to be new. It's going to be the written word of God, but it's going to have power. Mm. And that's the difference. The gift of prophecy is the word of God with power. The Bible warns us that in the last days, it says that, that hey, what they, they would be a group of believers. They would be a group of people that would have a form of godliness. Yep. They would look right. They would talk right. They would act right. They would go to church on Sunday morning. They would pay their tithes. They would do the right things. They'd pray over their meals before they ate them. But they said they'd have a form of godliness, but there would be no power. Hmm. And Scott, we have came to that day and age where we live with a church that has no power. We go to a church that has no power. We listen to a preacher that has no power. We watch people on TV that have no power. We listen mm -hmm. to things on we listen to songs on the radio that have no power. You know, there's something about those old hymns, Scott. I know that today's Christianity 
it's hard to find any young people that like those old hymns. It's hard to find a young person that doesn't listen to contemporary Christian music today because they say those old hymns are what they, what's the word they use? Boring. Old. But you know what? When I read those old hymns, they are still powerful to me. Why? Because they came from a heart that spent time with God and the very breath of God was breathed on them when they pin those words down and those old hymns still have power in them that the new songs today don't have. And I'm tired, Scott, of, of listening to the radio and listening to contemporary Christian music. And it might have a lot of choreography and it might have a great beat to it, but there's no power. It doesn't mm-hmm. bring tears to my eyes like Amazing Grace does. It doesn't set my heart on fire like old the old rugged cross does. Mm-hmm. Why? Because the people that have wrote these songs are writing them for entertainment purposes and not for God's purpose. And Scott, we need the gift of prophecy. We need a fresh, inspired, timely, specific word right now from God, what is on his mind spoke to us in our daily lives, in our prayer lives, in our church lives, because the breath of God that follows it has the power of God in it. Scott, you said it best when you said Jesus spoke with the help of the Holy Spirit. And again, I have to stress all these gifts are called the gift of the spirit, yep. meaning that everything that you need comes in the presence of the Holy Spirit, the very life that will give you life on your daily walk to where it doesn't become a routine to where you lose the joy of your salvation. Even David knew there was a time in his life where it was becoming a routine. Routine. It was becoming just going through the motions. And he said, God, return unto me the joys of thy salvation. What was David really praying? He was praying, God, let your spirit renew that fire in me. Breathe upon mm-hmm. me again the breath of life. You know, Scott, when God breathed, the breath of life into Adam. It said that when he created Adam out of the dust of the ground, there laid a clay made man, you know, creature on the ground, a clay form of a man. But it wasn't until the breath of God was breathed into his nostrils that that clay gone or took on a biological life. And that very breath that God breathed into him was the presence of, of the Holy Spirit. And I'm here to tell you right now, listener, if you have the gift of prophecy operating in your life, the very breath of life that God breathed into Adam that made Adam a living soul can be breathed on you again today. And I'm telling you right now, if the churches that we went to today, Scott, had that breath of life breathed into them, If the minister and the pastor and the preacher would get up behind the pulpit after they've climbed the mountaintop, after they've spent time with God, after they've sacrificed meals, after they put off doing the things that they wanted to do and they quit doing the worldly things and they began to do spiritual things and they got up 
and begin to speak, that breath of God would be behind, be behind their words and it would tear the chains of darkness off of their congregation. It would mm-hmm. change the lives of their, of their congregation. People would come to the altar and be set free from drug addiction pornography, sexual being bound by sexual depravity. They would leave there with depressive spirits being thrown off of them. They would leave there with, with freedom from all kinds of things. If the breath of God were able to be breathed on their congregation again, and Scott, it can happen today in an individual's life. I do not have a lot of hope for the, corporate body of christ to get this on fire breath of god again that would that would constitute a revival now i know scott there are a lot of ministers a lot of preachers and a lot of you know people that say today there's going to be an end time revival that comes that's going to sweep over the world once again and i pray they're right but scott i'm here to tell you we can't wait on that we cannot wait and bank on an end time revival. What we've got to do is begin a one man and a one woman revival. We can begin yeah. to revive the gift of prophecy in our lives ourselves, just by doing what they did in the old times. The Bible says to seek out the old paths, and when you find them, walk therein. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you right now, Scott, the same way that the prophets got a hold of God is available to us today. The same way that the disciples were filled in the upper room with the presence of God is still available today. If we will take the time, the opportunity, and the steps, and there's the key, the steps that it takes to get into the secret place and to get that fresh on fire straight from the grill of God right off God's presses, just as if he spoke the word into existence the very day that it was penned. We can get that in our lives. And if we do, we would see a victorious life like Jesus meant for us to live. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, Charles, a bunch of empty Twinkies can't bring about revival. I'm sorry. I, I'm not trying to be mean, but, but a bunch of empty Twinkies with no filling can't bring about revival. People, that have not paid the price to have the indwelling, infilling presence of the Holy Ghost in their lives personally are not going to collectively get together and bring about anything but yet another dry, dead, empty service. I, I'm not being mean. I, I love everybody out there, and I want I want us back to where we need to be. But, Charles, you and I are witness. You and I have seen this in operation. We're not just lifting this off of the pages of the good book, but we've watched it. We sat under ministers who paid that price, and you could see the change come upon them like a flick of a light switch and the fire that would get in their eyes. And you knew no longer that was them talking, but the Holy Spirit talking through them. Amen. And Charles, Amen. could we not consider Daniel to be a prophet? We're, we're throwing the word prophecy and prophet around. Could we not consider Daniel to be a prophet? Look Amen. at what he says in chapter 7 of, of his book and all those things. Look what he did in the lion's den. Prophetically, he, yeah, he hit the mark. But we, we get more concerned with the prestige of the yeah. job than the power. Let me say that one more time. We get more caught up, more concerned with the prestige of the job than the power, the price it takes to get the power. 
and we yeah. look at Daniel and we see, ooh, he went in the lion's den and a lion wouldn't even touch him. Well, there's a reason for that. Go Come back on. to the source. Go back to the very beginning pages of that book and you'll see Daniel made it a point to pray three times a day in his in his itinerary. It didn't matter what was going on. It didn't matter what the king was saying. It didn't matter what was happening. He made it a point to get along with God, get in his presence, set his face toward the land of Israel. That's prophetically speaking. Set his face toward the land of Israel and pray three times a day and cultivate a relationship with God. He was a filled Twinkie. You get my meaning. So when it when it came to the point where he was thrown in the lion's den, yeah, the lions were afraid to touch him, not because it's Daniel standing there, but it's the spirit of God, the very breath that was breathed in the Adam standing there. And you ain't gonna touch that with a 10-foot pole. And, and that's what we're missing today. I gotta I gotta pull this back. I'm getting loud. But but yes, absolutely. Yes. Oh, Scott, you said it. You said it. It wasn't Daniel that they were intimidated by. You know what? I'm here to tell you, listener, carrying a hundred pound Bible under your arm does not intimidate the devil. Mm. You can you can go out and buy the most expensive study Bible there is, and it's not going to intimidate the enemy. You can put holy water in your house. You can go and get oil rubbed on your head you can you can rub everything down in your house that you want to and it will not intimidate the enemy mm -hmm. I, I don't want to make anyone upset i know there's a lot of people that bank on things such as big bibles and bibles being on their coffee tables and and having scriptures hung on their walls oh and i feel the lord on this i want to tell mm -hmm. you something having little scriptures stuck on your walls might be a good thing to bring back the remembrance of the word of God in your lives, but it's not going to be the word that's hanging on your walls that intimidate <laughs> and commands the enemy to let your kids go. It's not going to be the Bible you got sitting on your coffee table. That's going to bring that rebellious child back home. Come on. It's not, it's not going to be the little bumper sticker that you've got stuck on your car, or the fish you've got stuck to the back of your car that's going to set you free from that binding satanic spirit that's been hovering over you and depriving you of sleep and keeping you up at night. It's not going to be all these things. It's going to be the breath of God. Mm -hmm. It's going to be the power of God. It's going to be the time you spent in the presence of God because let me tell you something, listener, staying in God's presence leaves a mark. Yes. Yes. Staying in God's presence is what you carry back with you. And if you'll spend time in God's presence, if you will get into God's presence, do whatever it takes to get the breath of God breathed on you, that intimidates the enemy. That's what caused the lion's mouth to be stopped. That's why the three Hebrew children wasn't burned up in the fire. They were covered with the power of God and the power of God kept them to be inflammable. They were not able to be burned because they spent time in the presence of God. Yeah. And I want to tell you right now, if you begin to do that, the spirit of prophecy, the gift of prophecy, get that fresh word from God, get that breathed on breath of God on your life, begin to dwell in God's presence. That intimidates the enemy. That makes a difference. That's when, when you speak the word of God, 
God says, I hear it and I'll do it. And that's what makes the difference. And and I know we're running out of time, Scott, but I, I want people to understand something. The gift of prophecy is still available today. Yes. It didn't stop with the first church generation. Just because you don't have the word prophet next to your name. And I'm not talking about these so-called prophets on TV that tell you to send in a thousand dollars and then everything that you want from God will come true. I'm talking about a God that just wants your heart. He's not looking for your money. He's looking for your heart. There's a lot of people that are putting money in the offering plates and their hearts are cold. They have no breath of God in their lives. Yes. And I'm here to tell you right now, listener, if you'll take the time to give God your heart instead of your money, Give God your heart instead of that book sitting on your coffee table. Give God your heart instead of a sticker on your back of your car. Give God a, your heart instead of wearing a cross around your neck. Because it's not going to do you any good to have a cross around your neck if your heart's far from God. Yep. And it's spending time in God's presence. It's having the Holy Ghost breathe upon you that breath of life. That breath of life that was breathed into Adam, that breath of life that was breathed on Moses on the mountain, that breath of life that embodied Jesus Christ when he spoke the word and it was powerful. That's what's going to set your kids free. That's what's going to change circumstances in your life. That's what's going to keep that depression at bay. That's what's going to give you the power to stand up against your enemies. That's what it's going to take to to stop the naysayers who speak into your life and tell you that being a Christian is a waste of time. When they begin to see the power of God in operation, see Scott, this is the way it works. There was a time in my life where I would be at work and I didn't have to say a word. I didn't have to tell people I was a Christian. I didn't have to wear a Christian t-shirt. I didn't have to carry a Bible under my arm. There was something about me. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not bragging about me, Scott. I'm bragging about God. Yeah, yeah. There was something about me, and it wasn't me. But people would say, I, people would come up to me and say, you're a Christian, aren't you? I could tell there was something <laughs> different about you. I'll tell you what it was, listener. It was the power of God that rested on my life. Mm -hmm. Because I had spent time with God, his presence was permeating me, flowing out of me, touching people's life, just like moths drawn to a flame, just like when you turn a light on and all these insects start flying toward it. When you begin to spend time in God's presence, people will automatically be drawn to you because mm -hmm. they want that life, Scott. They're, like you said earlier in the podcast, we need to be filled we need to be filled, and we will try to fill ourselves up with everything in the world. And these people that are out there trying to fill their lives up with alcohol and sex and drugs and sin, they will see the real light shining from your life. And they won't understand why, but they'll be drawn to you. Yep. They won't understand why, but they will either be uncomfortable around you or they'll begin to ask you what is different about you. Why are you the way you are? I need what you have. You're going to make a difference by carrying that presence, listener. Mm. And it won't matter the kind of Bible you carry as much as it is the presence of God. 
Scott, in the time that we have left, I want you to share anything left on your heart. And then I want you to pray for us. Pray that the gift of prophecy comes to life in our individual lives. Pray that we begin to ask the Holy Spirit to once again begin to speak to us that fresh word of God, that what's on his mind right now word, that God's presence will rest on our lives, that we will begin to spend time. We will climb the mountain. We will pay the price. We will cut off the things in our lives that, that displease God. We will stop spending time in the world and start spending time in his word and in prayer and this life that we hear about Scott and Charles talking about this breath of God that we've heard about today will begin to live on us and flow through us and be around us and change the world that we live in I guess this is a good capper right here we've talked about being filled being a filled Twinkie Charles here's the great thing to cap it, this life, this power can be carried with you and it can be transferred. Let's let's leave it right here with this, that if you pay the price, you get in the presence of God, you get in there. Charles spoke about Moses's face shining so bright after being with the power of God in the presence of God that they'd put a veil over him just to be able to stand him. They also said to Paul because he would get in the presence of God and spend time with him. He would carry that life with him. It was yep. tangible. It was tangible. It was touchable. He could, he could touch after being in the presence of God, handkerchiefs and aprons and, and transfer that life to others. Wouldn't um, I, I'm about to get happy because, because I think God Charles is trying to build a people here on this podcast he's trying to build a people that will be a vessel I, I said that earlier a vessel that can carry this life and carry it with you and carry it to others wouldn't you like to do that you know yeah. what's great charles is we can spend time in the presence of god i gotta cap it right here but we can spend time in the presence of god get filled with that life and we don't have to walk away from that like it was in the Holy of Holies. I hope you hear me. We don't have to walk away from that. They had to in the Old Testament. They get in that life and in that power shower, if you will. And then when the job was done, they had to walk out and walk away from that tangible life. We don't have to do that now because Jesus paid the price that, right. that needed to be paid, that we can go get it and we can take it back with us to our job and to, our, to the hospital and, and to our home, and we've still got it in our hands. And, and there's so much of it that if somebody else needs it, our children, our wife, our husband, our friend, we can transfer it. We can give it to them. And it's a never-ending supply if we'll just get in his presence. If we'll pay the price, just like Charles has outlined so beautifully, if we'll pay the price, and, and it just takes spending time with him. David, uh, prayed. Daniel prayed three times a day. Just like Charles said, it's not a formula. We're not pushing a formula. We're talking about pushing time, spending time in the presence of God and being a filled Twinkie. I know that's rough and crude, but I'm trying to get you to understand and let us get in this mindset. We're going to pray. Father, we thank you this morning for this word. We thank you, God, for this call. We thank you for this door opener. We thank you for the word that you've explained God, it's in your presence. It's, it's, these gifts are in your presence. Prophecy, 
the much needed right now spoken word of God that we need that we're missing today. It's in your presence. All these gifts, prophecy and all. And Lord, help us, help us, help us to pay the price, to do what it takes to get in your presence. There are so much distractions today, Lord. There are so many distractions from our phone to our TV to our computer to our our crazy work schedule. The devil throws so many distractions, but I pray for everyone. I pray for everyone, for me, for Charles, for everyone listening, that we, we find the time, we take the time, we make the time. Maybe we might have to get rebellious about it. Maybe we have to get militant about taking the time because the devil's not going to let us have it. I hope you're hearing me, listener. He's not going to let you have the time. He's not going to give you time. Let me break away from this prayer. He's not going to give you time to to, uh, go spend with God. He's going to fill it with everything. Problems going to arise. Things are going to happen. But we got to get the mindset of Daniel, don't we? No matter what the king's saying, I don't care. I'm going to go pray. I'm going to go spend time with God. I don't care what's going on with President Brandon. I'm going to spend time with God. I need his presence to be filled. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you, God. Help us to to make the time that's necessary, that's needed to get in your word, to get into these gifts, to get into your presence. We've got to have you. We thank you in Jesus' name. And I pray this for everyone. Help us all. We give you the praise and the glory for it all. In Jesus' name and amen. Amen, amen. Thank you so much. Oh, this has been a good word today, Scott. I thank God today for what we've heard. I could tell by the beginning of the podcast that the Holy Spirit was eager to say this today, that he has given us an invitation. He says, let me breathe on you again. Mm. And I say, breathe on us again, Lord, breathe on us again. That's what's going to make a difference. Listener, I hope you've enjoyed what you heard. I hope you have listened with your good ear, your spiritual ear. I hope you take the time to do what Scott says, redeem the time for the days are evil. And that's exactly what we need to do today. Five minutes spent in the presence of God will make more difference than an hour spent in a dead service at church. Amen. And I want you to take the time, listener, to take what you've heard from this podcast to heart. Not only take it, but share it. Be a part of this ministry. Share this word with others. You know others that need to hear what you've heard today. You know others that are bound and depressed and walking in a defeated life. They call themselves Christian, but there's no life. There's no smile. There's no happiness. There's no joy. It's because they need that there's no fruit. They need the breath of God. They need that life in their high in their lives again. Share this word with others. Help to be a part of this ministry. In doing so, you will defeat the enemy. You will tear down the kingdom of darkness. You will help Scott and I build a people that we can present God on that day. And that's what I want to do. And not only share this word, but, you know, share a word with us. We have an email address. And just like Scott said earlier in the podcast, if you want your name added to the list that we pray for, if you have a need that you want Scott and I to join our faith with you, then please write us, let us know. And in doing so, also share a word. If if we're blessing your heart, if we're making a difference, if, if you're hearing things that are giving you hope and strength, 
let us know. It blesses our heart. It does us good. It encourages us to know that we're not wasting our time, that we're making a difference, that we're on the firing line and we're tearing down Satan's agenda by doing what we're doing. Let us know. Simply write to us with the email address. It's key underscore David underscore ministries at yahoo.com. You will bless us. I will reply to you in a timely manner. I will let you know. And we have so many other resources. We have blogs you can read in the meantime between podcasts. We have a Facebook page, Cry of the Watchman. We have Instagram and Twitter you can follow. All these things are available to you and will be linked in the show notes of this podcast. Keep your eye out for them. Also, keep Scott and I in your prayer. I want to thank God for the word we've heard today. Thank you, Scott, for helping me with another podcast. Thank you. I know, I know I've been blessed, and I hope you've been blessed as well. Yes, yes. And uh, we will come again to you in approximately a week with another podcast, Lord willing. And I, until then, thank you for listening. It is my prayer. It is Scott's prayer. It is the prayer of the Watchmen of the Wall Ministries. It is the prayer of the Key of David podcast that each and every person listens, repents, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand.